Matt Valley, and this is a rock and roll research podcast where we share the super cool backstories and side gigs of the insights and analytics pros that you trust. Today's guest is Ivan Rocobato, who's currently a senior vice president for the RepTrack company, a world leader in providing reputation intelligence to some of the world's best and most recognizable brands. He's also held senior roles at the likes of Nielsen and Isobar, and at both Market Tools and GFK, where he worked alongside yours truly, your humble host. And I'd say we've had an awful lot of fun together over the years. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. <laughs> but as much as Yvonne loves insights and corporate reputation management, sometimes I wonder if he wouldn't just rather be on stage, wrecking the decks and moving the room as a DJ like he did back in the day in his native Chile. I'll, yep. let, I'll let you tell us all about that, Yvonne, and more. So welcome to the podcast, my old friend. Oh, thank you. This is great. I appreciate the invitation. Always good to see you, Matt. Yeah, likewise. Uh, <laughs> we, we've been in contact for so many years. We've been <laughs> following our tracks and working together, and it's been great. We, we've even seen our kids grow together, so that's that's even, even more phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's been it's been a long it's been a long story. Um, yeah, I'm from Chile. I started uh, I started my my career with uh, with Nielsen in Chile when they opened operations. They opened operations back in the '90s. Okay. But uh, but yeah, uh, during my '80s, I was I was DJing. Uh, it was <laughs> it was I, I I basically it was my my income from for high school and the beginning of my my college years. Okay. Awesome. 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 So so hold that thought. Hold that thought. Okay. Because I, I want to dig into that a bit, but but first, okay. So you started your insights career at Nielsen in Chile. Yes. Uh, so how did how did that come about? It's a it's an interesting story. So I studied systems engineering. Okay. And I loved it. I studied five years of engineering work and came out. I did I did um, I started my own little business and we had like software for legal businesses and dental uh, offices and I hated it. I, <laughs> I loved studying, but I hated it. So I had the chance to come to the U.S. and do an MBA, and I was able to do an MBA with a marketing certificate, and I loved it. It was fantastic, and there were the the, the conversations that we were having in here in, in terms of marketing and. And there was a lot of research there. I, I used a lot of Nielsen data when I was here in the US. And in fact, funny story, I, my, my final project was called the Roadrunner video. And it was the same thing how Netflix was back in the day. So it was a project about a group of you know, university guys that would, we would distribute videos to households and have you know, uh, membership and all that stuff. And, I, and that was the, <laughs> I, I, my final project on my MBA. And I left it there. I, I, they found it the other day. I could have been the next, you know, Netflix. It would have been called Roadrunner. But uh, <laughs> cool. I went back to yeah, I went back to Chile, and I, and I was on a Saturday night at the moment I arrived, and and I met with the guy that was doing the recruiting for Nielsen. They just opened operations in there, and the guy said, "Oh, you need to meet the, the the country manager. He's a Brazilian guy. He's amazing. He'll love you. You know, and and, and let's go and meet him." And I said, "All right, when? Tomorrow, Sunday." And I go, yeah, let's do it. Because it was my, my way of getting out of the, the system side and, and going and, and going into a, to a different space. So I, I went to see him and we had a great conversation. 
you know, we talked about Nielsen. He said, you must be the only one in Chile that knows about Nielsen because we're starting, nobody knows about this company here. And he says, but I already hired everybody. I don't have budget to hire you. So I said, when when do you get your next your next budget renewal? I said, well, I'm gonna get in the next quarter. I'm gonna gonna have something in the next six months. And I go, okay, shake hands. Let's start working together. Don't pay me for the next three months. And he wow. said, are you sure? And I said, yeah. And we we and I started on a bed and I and I worked for them for for three months. We established a, an ongoing portfolio of clients. Uh, we we grew the team. And then I started, that's how I started with Nielsen. And then he, when he got the budget, he started paying me and I was all formal and legal within, within the organization. And then it was 15 years later, you know, I was still with them and it was that, great. That is, that's amazing. So how did you come by that idea? I mean, it's- It was in the moment we were talking, the guy says, I'd love to hire you, but I don't have the budget. And I said, don't worry about the budget. Just this hire me and I said, but I, but I can't. I said, okay, don't worry. And we shook, I mean, we literally like shook hands. And the guy says, the moment I get the budget, I'll start, you know, I'll put you in the payroll. And I said, okay, don't worry, I'll start. And I just started working and, and I had, and at the time I had PNG as one of my accounts. Oh, wow. And, and it was, it was, and, it, and I think if, if it wouldn't be for PNG and another brewer in, in, in America, I wouldn't have the, the you know, the, the chance of staying because it wasn't, it was, it was a good account and we were making it grow so he could justify another person in the team. And it was, it was perfect. So, and then a couple of years later, the guy says, I have, we have, you know, we're launching a new, a new, a new product. It's called the household panel, the home scan product. Who wants it? And I said, I want it. And I, because I remember from the US, I mean, I'll take it. So I got the, the privilege to launch a new, a new study in, in, in Latin America, basically, in Chile, uh, called the household panel. So we measured everything that happens inside the household. But I wanted, you know, the old scanner, like the, like the US was doing, not the, right. dairy, the diary work that Colombia or Mexico were doing. So I said, I want the new technology and I presented a plan and the board said, this is too expensive. You're talking about like $800, $1,000 per household in the Latin America, you're crazy, you cannot do this. I said, yeah, but it, it's new technology. We need to do something new. And the guy that said, no, it's, we're not gonna prove it. You need to go you know, the, the, the old way or, or, or we'll just can the project. And I said, no, I, I, won't, I won't do old technology. So they said, okay, we're, we're, we're stopping the project. So for like a couple of weeks, I was without a job. I was like, okay, I'm, that, that's it, my career in this. <laughs> so I contacted, I don't know if you know Frank Kelly. You know Frank Kelly? Uh, I He's don't think I do. Team, I think, right now. Okay. And he was the global guy from the, the panel side, the, the home scan panel. And I said, short, you know, short story. And I, I said, Frank, they've just canceled the project. We're not doing it because they want to do it the old way. And I want to do it the, you know, the home scan way. So why don't you use Chile as a guinea pig and test all your new technology in Chile? Because he was doing some, some changes. And he said, I like that. And he took me to Spain and he trained me in Europe on the whole scan panel. We came back to Chile. He brought all the service and he basically funded the whole operations. And I was back in, in business with wow. a panel business. I bought all the old units from the US. I erased the EEPROM and changed it to Spanish. And we were good to go with from $800 a household to maybe $40 or $50 a household. We were back in business with new technology. I met my wife, Lisbeth, during that time when we were launching the project. Right. So it, was, it was a really fun time, just creating new stuff. Wow, that, that is such a cool story. And uh, it's one that I haven't heard. 
as much as we've <laughs> talked over the years, it's what I haven't heard, but, uh, but it's, it's so, it's so you to come up with this idea and advocate for it and put everything behind it and find a way to get it done. So super cool story. Yeah. yeah it was good. And then, um, and then Frank Kelly said, you need to, you need to leave Chile. Let's, let's go somewhere Let's you need to, you need to have somewhere else to go. And he said, I have two options. Uh, you can go to Canada or you can go to Spain. Spain is a little bit slower. It'll take, you know, a couple of months, but Canada is open right now. Why don't you take it? And I looked at it and, and, and I said, okay. And I, and we were just, we just had a baby. So Gal was born in Chile. She was a couple of months old. And I told Frank, Frank, I mean, the numbers don't make up I and mean, they, they, they're, they're not the right, you're not, they're not right. And the offer is, it's interesting, but it's not, I mean, right now, Lisbeth has a good job. I have a good job. And, and he said, you need to take it. You need to go. You are, you are meant to leave, live to it. So, and he said, I, Frank Kelly used to, I mean, he had a house in Toronto. He said, stay at my place until you find a place and you can stay at my place, right? And take it, take it, take it. And we said, okay, Lisbeth, let's go. And we left with Gal six months and we started in Toronto. We, it was a fantastic time. And I was, and there I started working more and more with analytics, right? So it was household right. panel and analytics. I had a good boss and we had a great time. And then from Toronto, I moved with Nielsen to Chicago. Mm -hmm. okay. And uh, so I, always, I was always in the, in the panel business, looking at data, making the, the, the insights and the correlations to what people were having, you know, buying in their households and, it was really interesting. So when I when I was in the U.S., VNU bought out Nielsen. Right, right. So my role was dissolved, and Nielsen mm -hmm. said, "Okay, go back to Chile." And I said, "No, I'm staying. I'm <laughs> staying." And I and I decided to stay because look, I knew the Latin American consumer. I knew how the the Canadian consumer thinks, and I was in the U.S. starting to explore about the consumer in the U.S. And I said, "No, I'll stay. I'll, I'll take my chances." And I took a package and I stayed. And mm -hmm. I said, "Okay, how many months do I have <laughs> until <laughs> until I have to go back?" And um, and we decided to you know to start looking for things. And then I found you know there was an opening in Chicago for market tools, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And then I started, I started networking, networking. Who do I know? I like, I like this company. They're doing interesting stuff and it's a full service and I want to go just to data or just to feel, you know, to, to the fielding side. So I, they gave me a name, you know, they call and say, hey, call Matt Valley. <laughs> He's just denied it right now. And, uh, but he knew he, he worked in Chicago. So I called you and it was late at night and I said, hey, <laughs> And you don't know me, right? And you said, I'm in the middle of dinner. I said, oh, I can call you later. I said, no, what's up? I said, oh, you don't know me. They gave me your name. And there was somebody that, that, that gave me your name that you knew as well. And we talked for about an hour. Yeah, I remember that. Right? <laughs> and we talked for an hour. And you said, hey, send me all your stuff. I'll, I'll channel it through Chicago. So I sent you all my stuff. And um, a week goes by, nothing. Two weeks go by, nothing. And I said, so I called you again. I said, Matt. Do you need anything else from me? Is there anything that you need? Have we able to pass it on? And you said, nope, I haven't passed it on. And I go, <laughs> and he goes, no, because I want you here. I want you to come and work with me. Remember? Yeah, and in then, Cincinnati, on Proctor. Cincinnati. Yeah. And then you, you sent me the ticket. I went there. We had a full day together. You, and it was great. And from there on, we started working together in Cincinnati. And I relocated the whole family to Cincinnati. Yeah. And it was a fantastic time. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And the rest is history. So uh, I'm so, so glad you had the guts to call me again. 
uh, it's no, it's no surprise. It's just, uh, it's just what you do. It's who you are. So very cool. Um, so, so let's talk about your, your DJ days, Yvonne. So sure. you, you said you started in high school. You actually made money at it. What, what's the story there? No, making money means that I was uh, have enough money to buy new records, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's like playing in a band. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So you put some money on the on uh, gas on uh, money for the gas and then and, and buy your stuff. And it was great because in Chile, uh, by when you turn 15, it's not like the Mexico, like the quinceanera is. I mean, you just have a party when you're 15, right? Right. And uh, so I started DJing at households. And you know, I go to somebody's house and, and they have a party. So I bring my, my equipment and you set up everything on the party. And, and, and it's and in Chile used to dance, right? There was a lot of dancing involved. So you were right. there DJing and you were looking if they, you know, what was the what was the mood of the crowd and you would you would change the songs and 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 and, and you had English music, I mean, or or European music, US music, and you have the Latin American music as well. So you had a bunch of different genres to 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 work with. Right. It was great. So I had my two turntables, right? My my vinyls. And I was lucky enough that I used to I used to travel with my parents a lot to the US. So when I once I came to the US, I bought my Radio Shack mixer, right? <laughs> nice. And I was the only one in Chile showing off my Radio Shack <laughs> mixer. So I had my two turntables and all that. And I and I and I built my own speakers. So they were humongous speakers that you would set them down and they would not fall and they would, you know blow everybody's ears off and it was great <laughs> it was great and then uh when i in my senior year i started djing for a club so in santiago in the capital you had the high end of the city mm-hmm. and i at there from maybe 10 at night to 12 and then i would go down to the lower sides of the city <laughs> to dj from like one in the morning till five in the morning in a venue <laughs> And it was so fun. So I would travel back and forth at night on the weekends with my vinyl collection. And I, when I came to the U.S., I bought things. So until they didn't have them, so they would invite me to radios to, to so I could share some of their, my vinyls with them. Mm-hmm. It was it was super fun. I, I really loved it. I really loved it. Did, did it was, you ever do you ever get the itch to uh, to get up there again? Spend some records. No, my, my itch came back now. <laughs> because my son who's 13 he studied he said that he wanted to learn and he you know he was getting into it so i said okay and i, I said I'll, I'll teach you what i know and i bought him a a, a, a nice set a hercules one and, and he started djing i mean he does things here at the house he he, yeah. he did it for a friend and a bar mitzvah and all that stuff but he <laughs> wow. got into it, so i got into it so i called my 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 partner from from chile i said hey do you have things he said, no, I'm super, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I collect music and I have a lot of stuff. Send me things, send me music. So then I started, I got it in my tablet. I, I downloaded DJ Pro and I started DJing again. <laughs> I, got, I got my own little set here, you know? Yes, yes. So I have this, look, this set. And I, I, I plug it into my tablet. So when I'm working at night, I finish work, I don't know, 10, 11 at night. And I start DJing a little bit and putting some, I have to send you a mixtape. Yeah, yeah, send it along, send it along. Yeah. I, I'd love to hear uh, So it. I've been back on it and it's been nice. I mean, the sensation is great. So, so it sounds like some of that resourcefulness that you had uh, was, was uh, evident early when you're DJing. Are, are there any other maybe lessons that, that you took from that experience that you then applied to your Nielsen days and beyond? You know, one of the things that um, 
that I really like when, when, and I still do it now and I tell my, 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 my son to do it, is that to find the, the, the story in the music, like not the, not the lyrics, but what are you trying to create with, with each of the mixes? And, 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 and I told him, you know, you have to watch the crowd, see the moods, you know, what's going on. Because at the end of the day, DJing is storytelling. And I yeah. think I stuck with that. And I, and I didn't put it into words until I was, you know, working and I was trying to understand, you know, what's the transitions that I needed to do in my own work? And I started with Nielsen, it was data heavy. Everything was data, data, data. Right. And I started to lose the reason behind the data until I started pushing it towards, we need to do more marketing intelligence, right? Mm -hmm. Put a story behind it, you know, the yeah. storytelling piece of it. And I think if I make a correlation, for me, that would be it, is to find the story. Like when you, when you create mix it, when you're mixing songs, the beat needs to match, but also the, the, the story that you're telling with it, right? How yeah. you get people in, involved with the music, dancing. And so my son says, hey, look at this mix. And I go, that's, not, that's gonna flop. People are gonna move from this to that. You need to change that. And, and then he gets it. And so it's about, it's about telling that story. And I really think that that's the key thing in, in, in the insights that moved me. It was building the storytelling. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And building that marketing intelligence and moving into, into getting to know the clients and getting to know what they want and, and, and putting the data behind it, not the data first, which was very back in the, in the early 2000s. But the data just pushed a, a nicer story to the client. Yeah, that, that's always been a real strength of yours in, in my experience. Uh, always really focusing um, meticulously on what is the story that we're trying to tell from the data that we have. So that's, that's really interesting. So, so you have done a lot of really cool things uh, in this uh, overarching field of insights, et cetera. Um, in your, you know, in your position, um, what do you see the future hold for either reputation management, what you're doing now, or, or maybe more broadly? I like the, I like this idea. I mean, we've, we've always been in touching data at, at some point. And I remember in market tools, one of the things that I really liked was this ability to create stuff. Like we used to, remember mm -hmm. that we used to have that team in India I yeah. would, you know, we would, we would, we were experimenting with the, with virtual shelving, with virtual shelves and concept testing and things like that, but in a different way. And I remember, you know, writing a, do, doing a picture of a shelf that I wanted and send it into India and then they would come back with the code and things were done and we would test, you know, the, the early stages of, 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 you know, shelving and, and, and virtual testing and all that stuff. And it was really interesting. And I think I've always been pushing that is how do we create something new? And right now, working now at, at RevTrack where you really are very close to the client, right? You have a, we have a, 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 a tremendous model that, that identifies, you know, what are the areas that a, an organization needs to manage in order to increase the perception, right? Be a better company. But so the data is always there. Is that connection, the human connection, the connection with the client, the connection with, with the objectives is that, is that I think we need to keep on pushing because we have, you know, AI, we have data science, we have a lot of, you know, the, you know, the, the <coughs> sorry, <laughs> we have a lot of the, of the, of the machine learning going on, right, and, and it's interesting, you know, the data creates a story, but that story ends nowhere if we don't put it in connection with the people, right, with the, with the organizations, with the clients, so 
If I see something out of insight is that we need to keep on evolving to create that intelligence, but on the, on the client side, what do, what do the client needs? What is their objectives? How do we put the data to work for them? More than this, this you know, building this whole methods that just create interesting stories, but only with the data. We need, we need to make that data alive again. And I, I remember going to, a, to a, a, an event, a, a research event about four years ago, and I saw that we were talking about the same things as eight years ago, yeah. right? So there has to be an evolution. And I think the evolution is continuing to use all this, you know, the machine learning and all the things that we can get, right? But to create data that actually we can talk about to the client that generates interest, right? That they can take it and, 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 and create and be, be more, more be insightful, but also more, uh, but more useful that they can actually act, act on it. I think that's the that's the that's the thing that, that that we are looking for, and and that's what I've been I've been doing now. It's been great. I have a great team of people, and, and I think and, and and when the people see that that you can create a good you know working relationship with your clients through the data, it's amazing. Cool, cool. So you've always been a forward thinker, but you've always had um, all of these outside interests as well. So I'm curious, um, if you think about media that you're consuming, either podcasts or whatever, um, mm -hmm. either personally or professionally, what, uh, what are you into these days? Um, I like, a sense of humor has always been part of, of my life. And, and, and when, every time we talk, I don't think that, you know, 90% of our conversation is just the fun and, and, and bad and jokes, bad <laughs> jokes and everything. So one of the podcasts I, I listen when I'm walking or when I'm in the train or something is the Daily Show by Trevor Noah. Yep. Yeah, he's a, he's it's great because it, it's it's a it's a it's a side of reality that sometimes people don't put in front of our faces, and this guy does, and it's in a funny way and it's in a good way, but it's always about things that are are, are current. So I like that. I like that about him. So I like that podcast. Um, I've been a huge follower of uh, Simon Sinek. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I like that guy, and I and I remember that uh, back in back when we were together in Coca Cola. I mean, in, in DFK when I was working for Coca Cola <laughs> uh, at the Coca Cola account. Uh, I remember that he started with the Golden Circle, and you know, get to the why, get to yep. the why, and that was also part of a lot of the storytelling piece. Get to the why, and um, so I, I I've been reading about the things that he's saying and I, and I, and I listen a lot to him. I, yeah, he has a podcast, and, and, but I, I, I usually find other things from him that I like. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and the other one is the new CCO, because now, okay. now that I'm involved more in communication, the new CCO from the, the Page Society is really interesting. It's really okay. interesting. Stories about how communications and marketing experts have to deal with crisis or with, deal with some different issues or how do they define the purpose of an organization and how they stick to it. There's a really good one about um, eBay and, and purpose, and it just it just gives you an insight that that you need to have about organizations, how they think. Because when you put data in front of them, you need to know how they're going to use it, right? right? And if you know how they're going to use it, then you can talk to it and build clear insights and headlines that make sense to them, and not headlines that make sense to us. And it needs to make sense to them. So all those podcasts are, make gives you a, a different perspective of how to make sense to the other people. Right, right, cool. Excellent. Well, I'm really interested to ask you this question, especially given your 
DJ background and your lifelong love of music. So this is the all important question, the one that I really care about, right? So you're stranded, you're stranded on a desert island. You have three records at your disposal, just three to keep you company for the rest of your days. What are those three records? So I'm giving a lot of thought and I'm gonna break your rule a little bit. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> no, I'm gonna stick to the three. I'm gonna stick to the three. But there is there's first there is there's one group that I live by, which is it's a it's a group from, from Latin America. It's called Soda Stereo. Okay. They're an Argentinian group that they are amazing. They 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 don't exist anymore, but during the 80s and 90s, they were an incredible band. And I have to, I'm gonna break your rule because I have to say that you have to, my record will be the best of, right? They have okay, so that's, many different records. So fair. I'm, I'm gonna do the best of, of Soda Stadia. So check it out because Charlie Alberti, which is the drummer, he's mm -hmm. great. He's smooth. He can, he changes beats during, during the, the music. He, they change, you know, the, the style within the same song. It's really cool. They're, they're a really good group. They started as a cover band for the police. There's three guys, you know, bass, oh, wow. drummer, and guitar. And then they, Sony took them and just exploited them through Latin America. And now they're the most, one of the most famous bands in Latin America. And they're amazing. You know, any, any live concert for them, is, it's incredible. Yeah, you know, it's I'll, just walk and pop. I'll link, I'll link to it when I, when yeah, I post yeah, this podcast. I'll, I'll definitely give you a couple of choices or, or, or names. Uh, I could go with, you know, with the 80s music, with Erasure and all those, you know, all, you know. <laughs> the patch mode and uh, <laughs> all, all the other good ones. But I have to stick to, to some of the things that I, I like. And one is Rush. Oh, I'm a, yes, dude. Of Rush. And I got to dude. see them live in Toronto. And that's another oh, hometown. Do another podcast with that story because it was hilarious. You know, I went by myself. I didn't have tickets. It was one of the biggest concerts. They were ending a tour there. I saw them live. I bought a ticket for my guy and I paid him and I didn't realize that I ended up in the seventh row. So I was able oh to see <laughs> and, and, and everybody there. It was amazing. So if I would stick with a Rush album, my favorite song is Free Will from them. So, or it's Moving Pictures or I would do the Rush in Rio, the, the, the 2004 right. live concert. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Cool. Um, you know that 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 sentence that I like is what is it? If 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 you choose if you choose not to decide, you still make the choice. You still made a choice. That's right. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. amazing. It's always stuck with me too. Is, is, yeah, amazing song. And then the other is my regret that I never saw in, in concert is Tom Petty. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Tom Petty, you know, free falling and you know all those are my favorite. So the 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 two thousand eight greatest hit from Tom Petty, I would definitely be. I would definitely be in, in, in a great island, you know, listening to those three records. Yeah, great, great choices, great choices. And of course, a great conversation as always, Yvonne. Um, I just love the fact that we've, we've stayed in touch all these years and, and any, chance to, any chance to take some time to sit down and, and chat a bit, uh, I'm all for it. So Fantastic. Thanks, thanks so much for your time. You've shared some new stories that I don't know, uh, stories I think that people like to hear. What do you got there? Chile. All right. <laughs> Excellent. Well, Yvonne, rock and roll. Rock and roll.